are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to getlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at getlatka.com. Guys, vervotech.com helps people understand with a unique identifier what hotels are on what street with what internet at what pricing. They launched in 2018. Today, do over $240,000 a month in revenue, up from about $150,000 a month just a year ago. And what's great about this company, completely bootstrapped, 30% EBITDA margins is the target, 25% profit sharing plan with employees. Sanjay really built a great company here and excited to share that he sold the company just last week to Constellation Group, where he's now excited to thrive under the Juniper subunit there. We'll see what they do next. Hey folks, my guest today is Sanjay Gari. He's a CEO and MD of Vervotech. He comes from an engineering background. As an industry veteran and influencer, he leads and drives the company's vision for organizing the world's accommodation data. Before starting the company, he worked as vice president of the SaaS company at Tavisca, which is a division of JP Morgan and Chase for over a decade. Company today, again, vervotech.com, which offers accommodation data mapping products. Sanjay, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, thank you for having me, Nathan. You bet. So I want to make sure my audience quickly understands the niche you're in. You know, when we book our conference venues for SaaS Open, we always get these reports from the hotel venues saying, if you do, you know, theater style seating, here's what the room could look like. If you do circle style seating, here's what it looked like. Are you the kind of technology that powers that sort of planning and mapping? Uh, no, not really. What what we do is any travel agency who is selling hotels online, Nathan. Uh, they try to source the inventory from multiple hotel suppliers and, you know, for in order to get the best rates for their customers. What we do is we do standardization so that when travel agencies are showing hotels and rates on their website, they're able to show unique listing at hotels and rooms and rates. Okay, I'm not sure I'm following. Let's try and use a real example. Uh, if there's a big travel agent that's listing four, you know, hotels in San Francisco uh, that are available tonight, um, I guess uh, I guess why not just go use Expedia and find the cheapest price for the hotel in San Francisco? Yeah, beautiful. So let's say you go to Expedia and trying to find the cheapest price for a specific hotel. When Expedia is trying to get the cheapest price for that hotel, Expedia will go to 100 of suppliers to really give. And out of those 100, maybe the same hotel is coming for, from more than 50 sources. And there is no standardization. There is no way to uniquely identify the same hotel from different suppliers. So we help by assigning a master ID to each hotel where Expedia can recognize, okay, this is the same hotel coming from supplier one as same as supplier two, same as supplier three with different, different IDs. Why can't they just use the, the hotel name and the, and the address of the hotel as a unique identifier? Why do they need to pay for Vervotech to do that? Absolutely. So, you know, the, the way hotel names are, you know, uh, written and the printed, you will find the same hotel name on the same street 10 times in many cases. Uh, so the address is different. One property may be just at the same address, uh, same road. There may be a one property which is a five star with the same name. And next to it, there is a one star property with the same name. So mm-hmm. 
that information will not be accurate because guest will book something assuming i am booking five star and they will get a booking in one star uh, so the, there will be a lot of complications because there is no standardization uh, i mean i usually stay at the triton hotel in san francisco i can't remember walking down any major city street and going hmm there's a hilton that's a one star and then right next door there's another hilton named the exact same that's a five star i've never seen that is this a common problem this is a very you know very common problem so you know when you look at let's say you know a hilton or triton it's it may be a five star property uh, or it's a chain property so there may not be exact same name uh, but there are properties you know uh, where this happens very commonly because if you look at the global accommodation data uh, right now there would be more than 3 million properties across the globe and the problem may not be there for the top one which may be let's say you know uh, you know 20 or 30000 properties but beyond that there is again a challenge when someone is telling you this is hilton and they are giving address and they are giving location the other supplier may be giving the same name which you can match but the address may not exactly match location may not exactly match star rating may not match someone may call wifi someone else will say internet how do you really map all this to show the things in a unified way i'm not sure i believe this is a real problem but your numbers can prove me wrong so i guess help me understand what a customers pay on average per month to use your technology today Yeah so we we are on the SaaS and the average fee ranges between $12000 annually to actually $100000 per year it depends you know based on the usage okay that's a big range though would you say the average customer is paying you something like $30000 a year today uh no so average right now would be around $16000 per year uh, okay. but the customers pay between 12 to 100000 okay so 616000 per year so something like $1200 per month something like that correct What's the back story here? What year did you launch the company in? Yeah, we we started the company uh, back in October 2018, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, the the reason behind that so there was you know this problem is very old problem. Uh you know there is there are companies who had been doing this and uh we just saw some inefficiencies and like who who was doing it before you? You to so you know there there are actually 100 plus companies who are doing you know this name global, the top 3. You know, Yeah, one of you know, so uh, one of them is a company called Gemonix, who has a product mapping dot works. The another one who is name called Data Binder. Uh, then there is another company, uh, you know, whose name is Matching. Uh, so there, there are you know, and lot more other companies uh, who are doing this globally. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you launched in twenty eighteen, and and how did you remember how you got your first paying customer? Uh, yeah, I think we got after seven months. uh because the the product you know we just had six suppliers you know the top one which we targeted at that point of time and i think 7 months later we got our first customer uh, on the product that's amazing do you remember what that first contract value was uh yeah i you know so it is it is actually one of the a good paying customer uh, it would be paying around i would say $30000 per year uh, even now they so- they're still our and is that what you what was at the starting pricing back in 2018 as well not really so the starting pricing has been very ad hoc and you know based on what customer is giving and their market so we kind of you know did that kind of pricing for two and a half year and then eventually but well, what was we, that pricing sanjay what was the first year contract value on your first customer uh so for this particular customer it was actually still the same they're still on the same pricing okay so i guess why haven't you increased prices Uh, no so we do increase actually so what happens is 
uh, we do increase the pricing for this particular customer you know they had a seven year long contract as an example with no pricing and in the early days uh, when when you really desperately wanted your customer you do actually these kind of things uh, now actually our pricing do change annually our pricing is public we have learned all these things eventually uh, but some of our these great customers uh, got the great deal from us in the early days. So your first customer said, listen, you're early. I don't want to take a risk on you unless I can lock in this cheap pricing for seven years. And you said, okay, fine. I need the money. Sign here. Got it. Okay, got it. Let's fast forward to today. How many paying customers today? Yeah, so we have uh, around 200 plus paying customers, which powers more than 1000 websites globally. So can I take 200 times that average revenue per customer per month of $1,200? That would put you at about $240,000 a month in revenue today. Got it. That's great. Where were you exactly one year ago so we can calculate a growth rate? So we had been you know, growing around 70, 75% for last two years. So a lot of growth has happened just in last 18 to 24 months because before that, there was a pandemic which has taken away uh, almost two years from us. So 70% year over year growth, if you're doing 240 grand a month today, that would have mean you were doing about $160,000 a month about a year ago? Oh, correct. Little less than that, actually. Okay. What's driven that growth rate? Have you gone deeper into the same customers or have you added brand new net new customers? We had, we had added brand new customers. Interesting. What's the growth playbook? How are you landing these new customers? Inside sales, outside, outside you know, outbound sales? Uh, so, so all of it, actually, we do a lot of events, we do uh, Google ads, we do SEO, we have inside sales team who is reaching out, uh, pretty much all of it. Uh, we, we are a, we are a young company who is not shy from anything. We are trying to do everything which can get as a customer. Mm-hmm. Oh, we love that. Um, I want to dive deeper into the SEO stuff here in a second. But first, have you, have you capitalized the business bootstrapped or have you raised money? No, it's a bootstrapped company because the moment we started and within six months, the pandemic or nine months, I would say pandemic hit. So I think that was a good idea. Uh, we thought let's build the product well in pandemic uh, instead of raising money now. I and, love that. And by the time the you know we're out of it, I think we were good operationally from a finance standpoint. Well, congrats on bootstrapping, Sanjay. We love that. Um, are you the sole founder? You own 100% today? No, no. So first of all, you know, there are, there are other founders with me. There are four, uh, uh, you know, uh, other people on my leadership team. Uh, but one more thing is we got acquired, uh, Nathan, last month by uh, Constellation Software, which is, uh, you know, one of the eighth largest valuable software company in the globe yep. through its portfolio company, Juniper Group. So, so we, we love Mark Leonard. We've studied all of his letters and, you know, he obviously doesn't do a lot of interviews. So it's hard to quantify like why founders like you love the constellation model tell us yeah absolutely and i think i will also answer that question on his behalf that he why he doesn't do a lot of interviews so when first time i saw the constellation website there was not even a photo of the founders (laughs) and talking to them and they said we don't invest a dollar where there is no roi so you know in headquarters sitting here we are all, you know, uh, spending all back to support the businesses we are acquiring, and we're not uh, spending any money on anything which is not, you know. So it's a very ROI, and uh, uh, I would say the the companies, you know, uh, they acquired driven that. Uh, you know, uh, so uh, the second question, why, you know, as an example, why I liked Constellation and why I had chosen to go ahead with them uh, are two things. One thing is. They already have around 14 companies who are travel tech companies in their portfolio. So there is a lot of synergy there where we are able to leverage customer base and best practices and so on. And second thing is 
they acquire company they give you best practices support but they let you run things independently without any change in your culture the way you operate your brand anything so practically it just accelerates thing without really changing anything or without limiting what we really want to achieve somebody like mark you know you acquired over 100 companies at constellation you know actually building that playbook so that when a new founder comes in like you they can give you the best practices in a in an easy to digest way is really important what's literally the structure of how they deliver that value to you is it a website with playbooks built in that's password protected is it a physical binder they send you how do they structure these best practices for you yeah yeah absolutely so first of all you know the constellation is really big with more than 1000 companies now so mm-hmm. they have six uh, portfolios uh, vela jonas and you know few more and under each operating group they have portfolios so in constellation vela is one of the uh, you know portfolio and in that there are sev- seven operating groups one of them is juniper group and now juniper group is largely focused on travel tech Yeah so Juniper group level there is a group CEO and the team who has learned everything from Velan constellation and at a group level a lot of things happens like the events are happening for product sales finance where these best practices are shared so assets are all available but beyond that a lot of events where it it's more focused towards learning do happen and at the same time i think one fundamental philosophy uh, which is you know at constellation and i have seen in juniper group just a month now is there is a, very, a huge transparency that means you know you get access to all the reports to your reports you know everything is really visible to you uh, if you need any information from any of the group company things are very transparent which help you to quickly learn and decide So you could ping Jamie Sastry, he's the CEO of Juniper Group and say, "Hey, I'd like to get the P&L from the other travel tech co- company in Juniper Group network and you can go study their P&L and maybe learn from that." I I haven't really asked that specific thing yet, uh, but you know as an example, what is the typical marketing spend? What is the typical conversion on the companies? So, you know, all that information, uh, you know, I can talk to them and quickly get it. I see. So, but there's not like a dashboard where you can 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 see everything real time against all the other 14 companies in Juniper Group, you know, sub sub operating group of Constellation. There there are and we are just a month into it. We are still into getting integrated and I'm still getting access to some of those things. I see. I see. I see. And and how, I mean um again Vista has a similar playbook, right? Uh and and they deliver this sort of value. I mean they have a massive 150 point checklist ranging from when to remove the sign from the company headquarters when you acquire it down to how to run an SEO playbook down to how to hire. Um again, how does Constellation like deliver all of this stuff to you? Is it you just asking randomly or do, can you log in and see a bunch of templates somewhere on a website? Yeah, yeah. So all all of that there is an intranet where all of the assets and all these things are available. uh and as i said you know i'm also kind of new i got access to some of the things and i'm still exploring those things so we did the financial integration which is the first thing and i have learned already lot of things so very simple you know structure of pnl which is followed across the companies how the reporting happens how the dash- dashboard and reports are available from a financial standpoint is really impressive and i'm looking yeah. forward now to learn about product sales and marketing sites as well that's awesome that's awesome what about um obviously you know, you're going to run a process you want to pick someone you culturally align with but you also have to think about price right so so how did the valuation conversation happen how did you guys get to a deal price i think this was a much simpler conversation than you know one can imagine because from a constellation standpoint they have they acquire a business to retain 
so it is very very fair and methodology driven uh, and we follow the same thing so i think that was really the simple conversation uh, where we took some time is more of a, a strategic alignment how we are going to work together how we are going to grow uh, because you know what we deliver back to constellation or juniper is one thing but i was more focused about what value juniper group is going to add uh, back to overtake uh, and then th- i think those things were fair it's, it's all win win but mm-hmm. from a value standpoint i don't think uh, it it might sound surprising but i think we closed all of the high level valuation numbers and everything probably in a couple of days and because this, are we talking uh, though like are we talking though like you know constellation tends to be fairly conservative the uh, vista group might be more aggressive because they buy and flip constellation holds forever uh, or usually forever um I mean, are we talking like a 2x revenue multiplier or like a 15x revenue multiplier? Can you give any kind of range? It is, it is not, you know, it, it can be any of those because it's not really on the revenue. It, it depends on revenue. It, re- it depends on EBITDA. It depends on your team. It depends on the size. It depends on the growth, attrition. So there are just n number of factors. It can be 2 or it can be 15. Uh, it's, it's really the, uh, you know, all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where did you guys end up at? Uh, you know, unfortunately, as as a part of you know that that's the it's a non uh, disclose. You know, I I cannot really disclose that one uh, under the confidentiality of the uh, deal. Uh, but but I would say uh, me and all our all of us are very happy about it. So it's it's a good number. In order to make sure you don't breach the confidentiality, let me rephrase the question so you can give it in a way that doesn't talk about what you actually closed for when you were going into the acquisition process. You personally, before you even talked to Constellation, you maybe had a number in your head. How are you valuing the company before going into the acquisition processes? Yeah, now in so, so honestly, I never thought of selling the company. Uh, it happened just because I met uh, Juniper Group and Constellation guys, and I found a synergy where we can grow into markets like Europe and uh, South America, where we don't have existence, but they have a good companies. Uh, we can grow very fast, probably three, four years faster than what you know we could have done otherwise. Yep. That's the reason actually we really got into acquisition. Talk to me a little bit more, Sanjay. One of the things Mark talks about in his letters is he says, we empower the leader, the leadership groups of the subgroups. So Juniper group, and then you down as the individual CEO with real, real profit sharing to keep you excited, you know, to get, you know, the first dip, the second dip, the triple dip, like over time. How does that funnel down to you and your team members in terms of, you know, revenue share and Sanjay, we want you to build this profitably, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, uh, that, that's pretty straightforward. So, you know, I have, so one thing is, uh, Vervotech also, you know, follow the same thing. So we had been always sharing the part of profit back to all the employees in the company. What percent of profits did you distribute back to employees before the deal? Typically 25%, but it also depends on our cash flow because we okay. are a bootstrap. So we just started it from two years. So we, you know, share it back with the employees anyways. And you do that annually? Same. Yes. Okay in financial year and it is outside your you know uh, salary structure or compensation structure at all i think juniper also you know and constitution does does the same thing uh which is pretty aligned that you you know that you know what is the value you're creating then you have the kpis okay so as an example for my, my marketing team or marketing lead also uh what is the you know how many uh new deals they are getting or new you know potential customers they are getting and what is the cost per customer or for sales what is the conversion and what is the deal size per customer mm-hmm. or for my CTO what is the attrition because if CTO is looking at product if there is attrition that's the problem with technology mm-hmm. so we had 
API is directly mapped with the leaders and groups. And when we look at how we did in the year, then just break it down. Okay, at what part we did great, that's where the bonus goes. Yep. So it's in some years, it can be a department or uh, a unit can get a lot more bonus while other doesn't get anything. That can happen too. It's purely performance-based where everyone understands and they have full control of what they want to achieve. Before you sold the company, so in 2022, I mean, what was your profit margin end of year? Are we talking like 10% or like 50, 60%? Uh, no, so we we try to operate around thirty percent. Okay, thirty percent. That's bottom net income, right? Bottom bottom line net profit. It's a EBITDA, so you know uh, EBITDA it's before. Okay. Yeah, yep, yep. That's great. Well, congratulations. That's excited to get the the close done and eager to watch you grow inside of Constellation. Uh, on that note, here, Sanjay, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, your favorite business book. Uh, uh, not business book, but my favorite book is Good to Great. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? It can't be part of Constellation. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I think I have learned most of the things from uh, Mahendra Yadav, who, who was the CEO of Taviska, uh, where I worked earlier. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building BravoTech? Uh, Zoho. Number four. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Sorry, say that again? Hours of sleep each night. Uh, six to seven hours. Okay. And situation, married, single kids? Yes, married and one kid. That's great. And how old are you, Sanjay? 37. Last question. Something you wish you knew back when you were 20 years old? Uh, you know, I think uh, financial and the way business works, uh, you know, I should have known it long back. I should have done all of this long back. Guys, vervotech.com helps people understand with a unique identifier what hotels are on what street with what internet at what pricing. They launched in 2018. Today, do over $240,000 a month in revenue, up from about $150,000 a month just a year ago. And what's great about this company, completely bootstrapped, 30% EBITDA margins is the target, 25% profit sharing plan with employees. Sanjay really built a great company here and excited to share that. He sold the company just last week to Constellation Group, where he's now excited to thrive under the Juniper subunit there. We'll see what they do next. Sanjay, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you for having me.